9 o'clock, and welcome into Mav Day. We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and athletes, brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House at 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, across from Colorado Mesa, featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. They're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 8, Friday and Saturday, 7.30 until 9, and Sunday, 8 to noon. Perfect place to go hang out with your friends before a CMU game or after, or just some downtime with friends. One of the things that's great about Colorado Coffee and Beer House is that it's they, they have great music there, but it's not not so loud. You can't talk to everybody. And you're shouting like you're in a club someplace. It's it's a great environment. All their coffee and beer, teas and their sodas, all are from Colorado, which I think is just so cool, supporting, of course, Centennial State businesses. And by the way, if you go in there for a 16-ounce uh, coffee, of course, they have the 16-ounce beers as well. There's no charge for coffee add-ons. And they have trivia nights every Friday at 6.30. And I believe tonight they have bingo night over at Cutter Craft Coffee and Beer House at 6.30. And you can always bring your own food in. You can have a DoorDash come and, and deliver it to you or uh, go to one of the, the local uh, restaurants that are around there and bring your food and enjoy great Colorado craft coffee and beer at uh, Colorado Coffee and Craft Beer House. Um, they're located, once again, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood. Stop by and say hi to James and Amanda today. We'll have a herd trivia coming up in a little bit for your chance to win a uh, a punch card for a free coffee or beer, one a week for a month from Colorado Coffee, uh, Craft Coffee and Beer House. Once again, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, across from CMU. And I believe we're gonna we're trying to shoot for maybe next Tuesday to do our live broadcast Sweet. from Colorado Craft uh, Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. So it's kind of the plan uh, to yeah. do that next week. Breakfast beers. Just kidding. Maybe. Uh, you're an adult. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You are my boss, though, so <sighs> you do kind of have some. Well, you don't get, well, you don't get trash. No, it's like you're, you you have five or six breakfast beers. All right. So we'll, all right, we'll, we'll, all right, we got like to charge with us. We'll tonight. adjust plans accordingly. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just saying I don't have a problem yeah. with that, you know, as long as you're not driving. Sometimes, And though, if you want to you know, ride over with me or whatever. We my 35-second questions that are kind of Beetleman questions, I call them. Questions. We'll get there eventually. Sometimes those do sound like I've been drinking. <laughs> In fairness. Correct. Like, um, I want to, like, two months ago or whatever, I literally had to say middle of the question to Taylor Wagner. Like, I'll get to a question, I promise. There, there will be a question I'm here eventually. It <laughs> it's a long setup, and hopefully the payoff will be spectacular. I looked at Cake, I'm like, that's how you know you're not really mm. having coherent <laughs> questions. When you have to apologize mid-question. Well, hopefully yeah. I will not have that happen with Mercedes Boti. Maybe the breakfast See, beers will help. Coming up. Yeah, maybe it will. Could I don't the other way. Who knows? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say probably on the negative, not on the positive. But we'll we'll see what happens. All right, 903. Start out Mav Day. Brought to you by Cutter to Craft Coffee and Beer House with Mercedes Boti, coach of the CMU softball team. Get in the locker room with Colorado Mesa Sports. This is Mav Day on the team. All right, Maverick softball team coming up with the Sunday doubleheader sweep in New Mexico against Fort Lewis. The uh, Mavericks pick up the 9-1 to victory in the second game, 3-2 to in the first game. With us right now, Maverick softball coach Mercedes Bote. Mercedes, appreciate the time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. So you had to go to Bloomfield, New Mexico, and people are thinking, well, Played Fort Lewis. Why not play in Durango? Oh, Mother Nature uh, led to that uh, change in venue with all the snow they had in Durango. So, and make a little bit longer trip to Bloomfield, New Mexico, but you took care of business against uh, Fort Lewis. Yeah, the funny thing is, I looked back at the last time we played on Fort Lewis's field, and it was in 2014. Um, so, they get a lot of uh, snow and just bad weather early on in the year. 2014? I can't believe it's been that long since you've actually played in Durango against them. That's incredible. Yeah, we've played in Aztec, New Mexico at their high school. Um, Bloomfield, the field was actually really nice. So it was nice to go just a little bit further for really good facilities. Well, you get the, the weekend sweep, the Sunday sweep over Fort Lewis College. You move to uh, 4-0 and in, in the RMAC, and, and now uh, your record on the season is 6-4 and overall. But uh, certainly a player that had a, a big doubleheader for you, Allie Disler, she had five RBIs between the two games uh, on Sunday. Oh, she looked great. She was solid at the plate. Um, really, some sack flies to score runs and just good situational hitting. And then when we really needed a home run because we really didn't have any hits, uh, she came through for us. Yeah, hit the, the two-run home run to help uh, lead your, your softball team to victory. 
And then you also had uh, Michaela Westmoreland that, that hit a home run. Uh, Alania, is it Alania Mendoza? Ileana. Ileana, thank you. Ileana Mendoza, also fifth-year senior for you, hit a home run as well. So certainly uh, the deep ball was was there for you guys. Uh, the, the the big hits, the big swings were for your softball team. was certainly uh, uh, happening on Sunday. Yeah, the big swings, and it's funny because I told Ileana before the game because she had been struggling, like, hey, just focus on singles. Like, uh, the power will come later, and then she hits an opposite field home run. Um, so the home runs are there. Uh, you don't want to depend on them, but uh, they're great when they happen. We're talking with Mercedes Boat. He coached the CMU softball team with us today on Mav Day on the, the Team Sports Network. And then from a pitching standpoint, um, you kind of talked about that a little bit, about what you saw from your pitchers. Uh, this past weekend, um, certainly, you know, they, they backed up some good efforts by your offense uh, uh, with that doubleheader sweep. Yeah, Presley Christensen, um, she's a junior that's coming in this year. Um, she's a six-foot-tall pitcher, um, got a lot of power, um, so it's nice to add that to our pitching arsenal. Um, she looked really good. Um, she's very different than the rest of our pitchers. Um, she was solid uh, with a couple appearances over the weekend. Um, Marissa Name. She threw a complete game, so it's her first complete game this year. Um, she actually gave up quite a lot of hits, but our defense was solid. So they had three double plays that game that um, got her out of jams, and uh, defense really helped her out. We're talking Mercedes Bodie, coach of the CMU softball team, with us today on Mav Day on the Team Sports Network. So as I mentioned, your, your team remains uh, undefeated uh, right now in, in RMAC play. From the start to where you're at right now, what are some things you feel like you've seen the, the biggest growth from your softball team, Mercedes? Uh, we went down to Houston to play a really good tournament and see uh, a lot of good teams. They set us up uh, with a good schedule, uh, which is a tough schedule, but it was great to see some good pitching. Um, teams that are probably a little bit further ahead of us right now, um, a bunch of them that are in the top 25 rankings, um, and to know where we were at. Uh, we made a bunch of mistakes on defense, but we really were in almost every game. Um, a lot of them we almost like came back in the last inning to, to win it out. Um, RMAC's a little different. We're going to use the things that we learned that first weekend um, and apply it to all these other teams and and hopefully be way ahead of all these other RMAC teams. We mentioned the really good, uh, particularly Sunday doubleheader that Allie Dissler had with the five RBIs at the two-run home run. But uh, local product, Maya Arietta that was out at Central High School. Maya off to a great start, start right now. She's hitting 448 for your team. She's uh, lead your team in hits with, with 13 so far. She's knocked in five. She, she has a home run. She's got four doubles to lead your, your softball team. Uh, Maya's off to an outstanding start this season. Maya's a great kid. We've uh, moved her over to shortstop this year. She's played second base the last couple of years, um, and she's actually leading us off this year at the top of the lineup. Uh, she's a great kid. Um, she had a season-ending injury last year and worked really hard to get back this year and um, to be as strong as she's ever been. We're really excited to have her. So for the Mavericks softball team, as we mentioned, undefeated in RMAC play after taking care of business against Fort Lewis College at Bloomfield, New Mexico, uh, getting the, the sweep, uh, winning uh, uh, all four games, 5-2, uh, to 13-3, to 3-2, and then 9-1 to one in six innings. Now it's Colorado School of Mines uh, coming up uh, at uh, over at the Bergman softball field uh, this Saturday. Uh, doubleheader starts at noon against Colorado School of Mines. Give us the scouting report, Mercedes, of, of the Oradakers coming in. Um, Mines is a very different team than us. Um, they're not really powerful, but they're speedy. Um, they play a lot of uh, small ball, um, bunts and things like that. Um, so we're going to prepare a little bit different, um, but we're excited to, to be at home. Uh, we were away last year and lost a couple games against them due to weather. So uh, we're excited to hopefully sleep again. Now for Mines, they're coming off uh, loss to Shadron State. So they, they lost to Shadron by the score of 6-4. to four, So uh, they're, they're going to be trying to Lick their wounds a little bit as they come to town this weekend. Yeah, they actually played yesterday. Their games were delayed a day because of weather out in Denver. Um, they went into 10 innings yesterday. Uh, a bunch of us were watching the game, and um, hopefully they'll be a little tired when, by the time they get here. Hopefully so. So noon on Saturday, by the way, over at Bergman Field, the Mavericks softball team takes on Colorado School of Mines. Mesa looking to stay undefeated in RMAC play. Mercedes, appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, Mercedes Boti, coach of the CMU softball team, with us on the program this morning. All right, uh, coming up, we'll talk with uh, Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach, also women's coach Taylor Wagner. Got a text from Kyle earlier asking about Mac Rineker. And uh, 
Mac was in a walking boot. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we'll ask Mike about what the what the status looks like. You mentioned, uh, I think, when we were talking out there, Kyle Boucher referenced Mac's a little nicked up right yeah, now. Yeah, a little dinged up. He was in a walking boot. Uh, did not actually see him physically put eyes on him at all on Friday night, but noticed he was out of the lineup, so sent a text out and was like, hey, what's going on? It's like, he's in a walking boot. Like, okay. Perfect. Because so, of HIPAA rules, CMU's yeah, not allowed really to tell us elaborate a whole thing. lot. Yeah. So, but maybe Mike can shed a little bit more light. The way Kyle Boucher made it sound was it's not going to be something. At least this is inferring. It was a real quick sentence. Paxton X asked him, easy for me to say, about hey, uh, no Mac Reniker, and he's like, yeah, he's a little nicked up right now, and then they moved on to something else. So, I don't know. Just inferring from that little comment. Hopefully, it's not something serious. So they had. Uh, I know Christopher Speller hit his arm on a player in the game Friday night. I didn't see uh, how much he played on Saturday, so hopefully he's not uh, too dinged up. He looked like he was okay, and they were up big, so they didn't really need him to come back in in that game against Mines. But a couple of games Friday night that did not go the way I expected them to go. And Christopher Speller played 30 minutes on Saturday, so he was okay. Yeah, and for Christopher Speller, uh, also had... uh, Scored 20, over 20 points in that game, by the way, against uh, Metro 92-81. So we'll talk with Mike DeGeorge about that. Uh, should uh, congratulate Trevor Baskin when Mac Rineker doesn't win the award. Another Mav does, and this time it's Trevor Baskin who won the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week award. So um, first of the season for, for Trevor, third of his career. Uh, he had won the RMAC Offensive Player of the Week award back uh, January 17th of 2022, Defensive Player of the Week honor. January 23rd of 2023. And he becomes the first CMU player of the season, as I mentioned, not named Mac Reniker mm-hmm. to win the weekly defensive honor. So uh, congratulations to Trevor Baskin on uh, winning the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week award. Uh, well done on, on Trevor's part and had to pick up some of the, the slack with, with Mac Reniker out. And uh, for the Maverick men's basketball team, got the weekend sweep. So uh, they stay in first place in the RMAC right now. And the women's basketball team, huge win. Yes. After that double overtime loss at Cottonwood School of Mines earlier in the season, a huge, huge win for the uh, the Maverick women on Friday night. Yeah, they absolutely thumped the School of Mines. It was 24 points, but it really wasn't that close at one point because CMU gave up. Uh, they allowed Mines to cut the deficit by seven. So they were up 30 at one point early on in the fourth quarter there. They just took a 26-point first quarter, kind of ran away and hid in the, in the third quarter, and they limited Ashley Steffick to 15 points. 15 points, that's a pretty good night scoring, but she did it on 16 or 19 shots and six free throws. And CMU was hot from beyond the arc. Mines was not. Mines didn't really get a ton from their bench. CMU did. Four players in double figures. 17 and 17 for Olivia Reed. It was a very dominating effort by the Mavericks on Friday night. Then they went out and Taylor Wagner talked about it in the postgame. You need the next game was going to be harder because you have to avoid the letdown against kind of a middle of the pack Metro team. And they did that. They won that one by eight. But you kind of expect that after the big exhale, getting the big win over the top of the conference foe, and then you have that letdown the next night. But they still ended up picking up that win. All right. One other thing we should mention uh, on Mav Day, brought to you by Cutler Craft Coffee and Beer House at 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood. So uh, uh, the swim and dive teams this past weekend at El Pomar. Uh, what a weekend for the Maverick uh, men's and women's swim and dive teams. The... Uh, they claimed their sixth straight Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference title. Uh, closed it out at El Pomar Natatorium with the Mavs winning eight of the final day's 11 events. They took 30 out of 42 throughout the whole meet. And the Maverick women become the first program in RMAC history to ever win six titles, beating Division I Cal Baptist run of five straight when they were in the conference from 2014 to 2018. So uh, the Maverick women dominant. They uh, won by nearly 600 points over second place Cover School of Mines. So uh, the Maverick men, they finished with 15 gold medals throughout the meet, won four on Saturday as well. And the Mavericks become the first men's team to win six straight RMAC titles, breaking Western Cutter's five-year streak from 73 
to 77. Keep in mind the Mavericks didn't start their program until 2009-2010. They also won a record-extending eighth overall title after winning the first two championships in 2014 and 2017. So uh, congratulations to uh, the Mavericks women dive teams capturing championships, winning RMAC titles this past weekend. All right, 9-15, Jim along with the Buckeye boy today, and it's time to play Herd Trivia where you can win the first correct answer on the team line to 970-242-1340. can win a beer or coffee a week for a month from Cutterbutter Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood. And uh, don't forget they have bingo going on tonight. But uh, perfect place to go. So if you need to get some work done, if you're looking for a great coffee or maybe later in the day, a great craft beer, and they're all Colorado coffees and beers, by the way, that um, it's a perfect place to uh, unwind with friends or just maybe get some work done or... Hook, you know, get together with Maverick fans uh, before or after the game. It's a Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street, Anglinwood. So here's the herd trivia question. Like all of our contests, if you won the last two weeks, don't play. And you can, there's no age on this because mm-hmm. it's coffee. How many RMAC regular season titles has the Maverick softball team won? These are regular Ooh. season titles. Program started in 1976. How many regular season titles has the Maverick softball team? No, say say Maverick, mm-hmm. Mesa, Mesa State, Colorado Mesa, has the Maverick softball team won? RMAC regular season titles. First correct answer you win today with our herd trivia presented by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. So uh, send your answer in right now to the team line 970-242-1340. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk with Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge. That's next on the Jim Davis Show. It's the Western Slope's home of Colorado sports. Come on! This is the Jim Davis Show. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. And with us right now on the team line... His team right now atop the standings in the RMAC, along with uh, Fort Lewis, both 17-1 and one in the season. Cutter Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for coming on with us. Morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Always great to talk with you, especially after uh, an outstanding weekend, starting things out with that win against Cutter School of Mines, where uh, your team shot the heck out of the basketball uh, to take down Mines 98-81 to 81, and uh, 59.3% from the field. And, and shot better than 58% in, in both halves. You hit 18 threes as a team, again, with the third time this season you've you've tied that record. You had 10 different players hit a three. Uh, guys, the, the, certainly the, the basket looked as looked like a, a trash can for your guys on Friday night. Yeah, everything looks good when the ball's going in. So that is, uh, that is good. And, um, you know, I also kind of just got off to a good start. I think everybody just kind of relaxed, settled in, in the game and, confident shooting the ball well certainly for your basketball team owen coons 21 points 8 of 10 from the field isaac jessup who's really been coming on late uh, 18 points he had four of six threes trevor baskin had 17 points and he also finished with the six rebounds and five assists trevor of course on his way to being the, the defensive player of the week winning the mac rinnaker award because mac was out and we'll get to that in a moment but uh, a great performance by by Kuntz and Jessup and, of course, Baskin with the way they played against Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, all three guys played great, and Trevor just had an incredible weekend. You know, the, even the weekend before that, I really felt like he just kind of settled into a, a great place in terms of competing at a really high level, being very aggressive, but just kind of taking what the defense is given you and making the right basketball play, and that continued through the whole weekend and, you know, his dominating performance. And then, you know, both Isaac and Owen really played at a high level and capitalized on all the opportunities they had. Of course, you knock off Colorado School of Mines number 21, your team number nine, and that, that's, a, that's a huge win, not just in terms of the conference, Mike, and getting, keeping you in first place with four Lewis, but in terms of, of, of a, you know, a win against a ranked team. That, that, that's an, a nice uh, feather to add in your cap when it comes to uh, building your resume for the postseason. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was a big weekend for that because both those teams are both highly ranked, so they boost your computer rankings, basically, for the, that the NCAA uses as criteria for the tournament. And I was looking at it last night, and 
we're, you know, our, our rankings will go down over this last couple of weeks because, you know, the teams uh, that we're playing, even though they're good teams, are not as ranked as high in, in the computer rankings. So, um, but right now we're in the top five teams, uh, one of the top five teams in the country in terms of like the criteria the NCAA uses for, for selection. So uh, we're in a good place. We just got to continue to uh, find ways to improve. And, and a lot of that has to, to do with the defensive end and taking better care of the basketball. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. And then uh, you handle Metro State on Saturday, Mike. Uh, 92 to 81 and would have been easy for your team to maybe have a little bit of a letdown after that uh, win against Colorado School of Mines uh, the night before. But uh, your guys go out and, and shoot the ball well this time, though, not necessarily from three-point range, but an incredible record-setting performance, 23 for 23 from the free-throw line, 15 for 15 in the second half. It doesn't just set a – it's a new RMAC in school record for the most free throws without a miss. So your guys were uh, on point from the charity stripe on Saturday. Yeah, we just really, you know, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago that uh, we just hadn't really had a stretch where everybody kind of seemed like in a nice rhythm shooting uh, this year. And I think these last couple of weeks we've found that, and that's shown up at the three-point line and the free-throw line. So hopefully now that we've kind of found that rhythm, we can keep it going. But a lot of guys are playing with tremendous confidence, and that leads to, you know, high success rate in terms of shooting for sure. Christopher Speller, really good game on Saturday, 21 points, six rebounds, five assists. Isaac Jessup, again, another strong game with 17 points. Owen Koontz had 10 points, uh, so you had four players in double figures in that victory. But uh, Christopher Speller uh, certainly uh, standing out in that game against Metro State. Yeah, kind of all year we've kind of had this formula of having uh, Matt Greniker, Trevor Baskin, or uh, Christopher Speller, two of the three in as our primary playmakers all the time. And so... Uh, you know, Christopher has always kind of been the third wheel in that rotation. And, you know, without Max this past weekend, he really stepped up, had a great weekend. But he's been playing great um, the whole second half of the year. His numbers are fantastic. He's playing with tremendous confidence, just making the right basketball play and, and it's leading to great results for himself and the team. Of course, Trevor Baskin led the way with 25 points in the win against Metro State. So the Mavericks uh, right now, when you look at uh, the RMAC standings heading into this weekend, both uh, CMU and Fort Lewis, 17-1. and one. And then Colorado School of Mines, 14-4. Black Hill State is 11-7 and seven right now uh, when it comes to the conference regular season chase. So, Mac Renneker did not play this weekend. I know you're, you're limited on what, how much you can really tell us about Mac's condition, but uh, what does it look like for Mac moving forward? Yeah, it's kind of unknown at this stage. We'll just have to see how things play out. Um, but, you know, from a mentality standpoint, I think the team has to just be in this mindset that, you know, we just have to, the, the guys that are available for any given game just got to be ready and step up. And I thought we did a great job of that this past weekend. I believe he is in a walking boot. And I know you can't really talk more about it than that, but uh, is it, I think what Buckeye Kyle Boucher gave the sense of that you were hoping it's not serious. Is that still the feeling today on a, on a, on a Tuesday that uh, Max injury isn't, uh, isn't real serious? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely an injury, and uh, we just have to kind of see the timeline and what the what how it ends up playing out. So we just don't really have all that information yet. All right, so. very good. Yeah, well, hopefully it's Mac is back in the on the floor very very soon. He's a big big part of uh, the success of this basketball team. But great to see other guys uh, step up and and fill that void. So. Now it's uh, back on the road, New Mexico Highlands on Friday, and then at CSU Pueblo on Saturday. And you look at uh, New Mexico Highlands and Mike Dominguez, the former Maverick, uh, his basketball team, uh, they complete a, a weekend uh, road trip sweep. They they wrap things up with a, up 101 points and a 101-93 win over Colorado Christian this past weekend. Yeah, they're playing a lot faster, and they're shooting a lot of threes. And, and um, so, you know, going down there, obviously, would be a big challenge. And, you know, they have really good athletes, and they're shooting the ball at a high rate. And, you know, that's not an easy road trip. And to go and get two, it's huge for them, keeps their playoff chances alive. And so, you know, we know we're going to get their best effort, and they're a talented, uh, well-coached team. Well, and they had four guys that were in double digits. Nathan uh, Hasbury had, had 18 points against Cuddleton Christian. Kennard Richardson added 17. Tyler Rogers had 17. And Eric Sonnenberg had 15 points. So right now, uh, Mike's getting pretty balanced scoring, at least uh, from those four guys in that one against Cuddleton Christian. 
Yeah, not only are they shooting a lot of threes, but two of those guys are post players, and so you know they're getting the ball inside and out, and and the ball's moving, and and they're making unselfish plays. So you know it'll be it'll be a big challenge for us. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, with us. Last time you faced them, Mike uh, was at uh, Brownson on January sixth, ninety-four to seventy-two victory in that one. Uh, what did you do well in that game that you're going to have to do well when you go down to? Uh, to Las Vegas, New Mexico. It's going to have to carry over from that uh, performance against the Cowboys. Yeah, it, it, we kind of got off to a slow start in that game, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the floodgates opened partially when we started hitting shots and partially, you know, it's the second day on a difficult road trip for them, and that second half, it gets tough. And so, you know, we got to know they're going to have tremendous energy. They're fighting for their playoff lives, and so it'll be a different level of energy that they have in the tank uh, than they did the first time, and then you know, when we don't turn the ball over, we're right now the number one offense in the country at any level. And so we just need to, you know, be able to play fast without rushing, you know, which is a challenging thing to do. And, uh, you know, and we have this sense of urgency, but sometimes it turns into almost panic. And, um, you know, we got to work a little harder to create pass angles for each other. We got to be just a little bit more patient at times when the read isn't obvious. And, uh, and all doing that without slowing our pace. So uh, that's a big challenge for us. And then defensively, you know, Max has been kind of like a security blanket, and if he's not able to go this weekend, you know, we just have to know that we just our execution has to be that much uh, better in order to make up for, for that missing really key component at the defensive end. And not that you replace what Mac does, and especially on the defensive end, but the, the, yeah. speak to the, the depth that your basketball team has particularly guys in your starting lineup like an Owen Koontz, like an Isaac Jessup that have picked up their scoring a little bit. But that's where the depth of your team really does become a, a huge advantage when you lose a player like Mac Reniker. Yeah, and, you know, part of it, I feel like I haven't done a great job this year with our rotation. We just really have 13 guys we really believe in, and no one ever really seized up and took it, you know what I mean, and made it clear who should be playing. And then their roles are not consistent, so it's hard for them. Um, you know, to perform their best. But in some ways, it's helped us because, you know, if we'd have gotten down to an eight-man rotation and then you lose somebody, you know, who is, you know, certainly one of the favorites to win, along with Trevor, to win the player of the year in the conference, um, you know, the, you know, how disruptive is that? And because we've kind of had so many different combinations play together, you know, it, it, it didn't impact our our ability to to succeed in the game because we were used to sort of a lot of different combinations coming in and out of the game. So, uh, yeah, certainly the depth is great. And I think also the fact that, you know, I think this is nine of the last 16 years. One of my teams has had, you know, a significant loss that, that really dramatically impacted the makeup of the team. And so, you know, it's just kind of the modern game. Like guys just seem to get hurt at a higher rate and you just got to be flexible and ready to, to adjust and, and I think this team is built for that. And so uh, we're looking forward to the stretch run. Mavericks head coach Mike DeGeorge joining us on the Jim Davis Show. One of those guys I think that kind of steps in for you. He feels kind of like a glue guy. I'm going to start the Christopher Speller appreciation train right now. Like started 22 games his first year, then got stuck in that backcourt behind Georgie Dancer and Blaze 3. And now this year it seems like he's having a career best year and always – out there on the court when you need a big possession not just kind of like it seems like a guy you point to when you have some of this adversity for other guys is like look at what this guy's been able to do in four years yeah he's an absolute winner and he's completely unselfish and so there are times where we're like hey like you got to be more assertive in terms of how to you know make your uh your statement in the game and, and be impactful and because sometimes he's a little too willing to defer and so we've had this kind of back and forth over his career with him sometimes he's done it in the wrong way led to too many turnovers and he's just really found that balance of how to really be impactful uh but yet still be that great teammate that moves the ball and and picking his moments really well so it's just great to see him playing with this much confidence and you know we knew he would step up uh it, when needed because you know that's the kind of person he is and and uh and so it's just been great to see him uh just play such a uh, dynamic role for us maverick men's basketball coach mike DeGeorge with us on the team sports network and just like new mexico highlands uh, your opponent on saturday over in pueblo csu pueblo they're uh, they're fighting 
to, to get into the RMAC tournament as well, but they took a nice step toward that maybe being a reality with the, the road trip sweep. Uh, they beat uh, Shadron State 80-75, to 75, and Armand Mildrew uh, leading the way with 24 points. Didn't realize this. This is a, for the uh, CSU Pueblo basketball team, their first RMAC road sweep since 2017-2018. So uh, they accomplished something that has not happened a long time for that basketball program. Yeah, they have a lot of nice pieces. I, I mean, I really like their team. I'm surprised they, they haven't been uh, a little bit further up in the standings, but it's a very, you know, balanced um, year. Uh, that middle of that pack is, is deep, and, and there are a lot of teams in there fighting for, for a few spots. And so, you know, they're very talented. They got, uh, you know, three really guards that can really score. You know, uh, Sean Cooper inside is a big presence who can really – uh, finish around the rim and so I really like the makeup of the team and you know at times defensively this year uh, they've had some issues but they've always really battled against us and and been very physical and uh, made it really hard on us so and particularly going over there it's always a challenge to, to get out of there with a win well the last time you faced them you picked up the 94 to 82 victory and a couple of keys in that game for your team Mike was or at least the a couple of uh, things that uh, certainly were in your favor he had 19 second chance points. He had 20 points on the fast break, and so that led to some some big opportunities for your team uh, on the offensive end. Yeah, when we get out and go, we're at our best, and and so that's an important part of our plan. And and you know we were obviously able to get that done against them the first time, and and um, you know we do have the depth to, to continue to play fast, uh, and so we definitely want to keep doing that. All right, so I have coverage of both uh, games on Saturday, on Friday and Saturday at New Mexico Islands Friday and at CSU Pueblo on Saturday uh, right here on the team. CMU Sports Network uh, will tip it off at 7 o'clock on Friday night at Highlands, 6 o'clock on Saturday over at CSU Pueblo. So that'll be an earlier start right here on the team, CMU Sports Network. And uh, Mike, appreciate the time as always. Uh, thanks and have a, a safe road trip and a successful one this weekend. All right, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, the ninth-ranked Mavericks on the road this weekend in RMAC play. All right, 934, Jim along with uh, the Buckeye boy today. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And let's go ahead and jump into four-down territory this morning. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, get things started here with Four Down Territory. As soon as I find where I I put all my stuff that I was looking at earlier. All right, let's start out. We talked about Anthony Rendon and the, the comments that have now been uh, dissected. Is Anthony yeah. Rendon, who's at spring training, and um, in the comment you heard from the CBS Sports Networks uh, JR, uh, JR, yeah. JR Sports Beat from weeknights here on the on the Team Sports Network. That Rendon was talking to Angels reporters on Monday. In regarding baseball, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. When asked if it was a priority at all, Rendon quipped, Well, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? Rendon's 33. He's played just 200 of the possible 546 games during his Angel tenure. Has not appeared more than 58 games in a season after suffering season-ending injuries midway through each of the last three years. He signed a seven-year, $245 million contract before the 2020 season, and his contract is still set to make him more than $115 million over the next three seasons. So, when we look at this, I think we can agree on one thing with Anthony Rendon that we, we're all, we all agree upon. That your faith, your family, those things do come before your job. We can agree with that, right? We, yeah. I think we don't have yeah, to. absolutely. It do, does not matter. We can agree on that. But when he quips, oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? And he's had the injury history that I just referenced. And he's mm -hmm. making the amount of money that he's making. That we can agree with the one thing, and then on the other side go, you need to realize how many games you've missed. Not your fault that you get hurt all the time. That's That, that stuff happens to players. 
But to kind of come off with this, well, it's just a job, it's just a thing I do. You're lucky you get to play baseball, guy. Okay, you're, you're lucky you get that as a job. And I think for fans that hear that, it's kind of like, man, you don't, you, don't, you don't care about playing? Considering his circumstances, it doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all thing. Nikola Jokic loves horses. Mm-hmm. But he still cares about the job that he does. He still cares about winning. A guy wants to win. I'm not saying Anthony Rendon doesn't want to win, but there is... I understand why people are giving him grief for this. For the first part, totally agree. It should not be his number one priority. Your your personal beliefs, your your faith, your family, those things are extremely important and and surpass anything else that comes with a job. But man, don't don't be so flippant about this. It just it's not a good look for Anthony Rendon. Yeah, it's also not fair to Anthony Rendon. The comments being disseminated like the media scrum, they asked him four separate times about a question he already answered. Because other thing is with the JR Sports Beat mm-hmm. did not reference the thing that I said. Right. Which was his family, his faith in his family are things that are more mm-hmm. important as well they should be. Right. They're trying to get him to say, they, mission accomplished for the writers. They got Anthony Rendon to pop off and then they write that and they don't put any context behind it. And then people hate Anthony Rendon and, right. you know, mission accomplished. But also the fact that Oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? Was answer number four, essentially to the same question that was asked in four different ways, trying to get Anthony Rendon to say something. So at that point, he was getting clutching of, oh, you don't put baseball first? No, he's got a family and he's he's got got his faith and he's married and this is his job. Yes, he should be lucky to have this job, but also it's still his job. Do I, I should be lucky to have the job I have right now, but that doesn't mean that, you know, wife in the hospital, job at work. Well, it's hard enough finding one wife. I'm going to go ahead and be with her. And I, th- yes, that automatically means the job is behind my family. And that's, that's kind of what he's saying. And then they pestered him into him popping off about it, which I totally get from his side. He's like, I've answered your question. What more do you want? Once again, though, I'm going to defend the, the writers a little bit where you could answer it better than you did. You can simply say, I want to stay healthy and I want to contribute to this team this year. Mm-hmm. And there's but, no but, winning. But, 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 there's, but I also, but, you know, my, my family, that, my, my faith in my family are the things that are central in my life, the most important things in my life. And I hope I have a better season because I hope I can stay healthy and... He didn't. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't need him to dance to my tune as the reporter. Yeah, I, I just, you know. He answered uh, honestly. That's all I can ask for. Yeah, and I'm just, to me, you phrase it better than that. Because when you say, when you basically make up, it's never been a top priority for me. I don't have a problem with him saying that. Mm-hmm. This is a job. I do this to make a living. That's where you have to kind of go, mm, I'm going to get myself in trouble saying that. How about. Just not even addressing that if you're him. I'm not I'm not gonna blame the reporters for asking. Now, now pestering if they if he answered the question, that feel like it's tedious. Mm-hmm. Okay, he already answered the question. I don't think he needs to be as vilified as he is here, but he also probably didn't help himself out a lot by the way he answered the question. Let's be honest about that. I I mean I don't I don't think it's I don't think he's a villain. I don't think he's oh, he doesn't care about baseball. But it's also tough to sell that when you've also been hurt all the time. And, and judging then, by the way he went through this, I don't really think he's in the business of trying to make himself I don't think he's look that guy. better to fans and media. I think he wants to win. I think he's frustrated with being hurt. And he hears all the stuff. But I don't think he... I don't need him to dance to my tune as the... You know, well, you got to answer my question now since you answered this guy's question. But my question's the same. But, but just answer the question and then probably phrase it in a way that doesn't put you in as much hot water with fans and the media as this does. I mean, it's all about how you answer the question. Mm-hmm. You can you can express how you feel, which he did in the first part of that, and be totally accurate and express how you feel. And then the rest of it goes without saying. Those are my priorities. Baseball comes after that. 
And because you say yeah. you've, you've already basically said that without saying there's this is a job. I do this to make a living. You can say it's not a top priority and say the other things about faith and family and be okay. There's no winning. You answer it the way you want to. People are going to hate it. You answer it the way people say you should. Yeah, I, people are going to hate it. You don't answer the questions at all. You're like, oh, you're ducking the media. There's no winning. I just think there's a better way to answer it than he did. But I also don't think he needs to be thrown under the bus as much as he's being thrown under the that bus. That part I we, agree. We agree? That I one think, I do. I think we agree. Yeah. All right. Second down, Kenny Smith got a lot of uh, grief for comments he made during the All-Star Weekend. Uh, he was on with Stephen A. Smith uh, about the controversy. Said it was much do about nothing if you don't know what he did. During the three-point shooting contest between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu, Smith said Ionescu should have been allowed to shoot from the WNBA three-point line instead of the NBA line. Fans thought Smith's remarks were condescending. Also got worse when he was with Reggie Miller and Reg asked, according to you, you want her to be playing with dolls? Smith's response, playing with dolls is good too. The problem I have with Kenny Smith's comments is not anything that, I mean, partially what you brought up. She should have been allowed is where he got it wrong. You can have an opinion, but Sabrina Ionescu chose the men's line. She had her option. She picked the men's line. So she's not being allowed to shoot from the WNBA line. She chose it. Forbidden. She chose it. She chose it. So shut up, Kenny Smith. She made that choice. And so that's, and he's like, well, it's about basketball's muscle memory. And so he practiced from one range. He practiced from another. She chose to shoot from the NBA three-point line. Steph Curry shot from about four feet closer than he normally does because he was right (laughs) on the line. So I I just get out of here with this muscle memory crap. It's like, and then, you know, playing with dolls is good too. Come on, Kenny. Come on, man. I get what he was after there because Reggie was trying to bait him a little bit. And he's like, no, no, but also dolls are fine. My daughters play with dolls. They're not playing basketball. That's fine. That one. Once again, though, kind of like Anthony Rendon, you kind of walk into it a little bit. Oh, he definitely walked into it, and then Reggie baited him, and he, well, and he took it. And then, yeah, so. come on, Kenny's been in the business for a while. He's smarter than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, he, third and fourth down. He knows the guy who sits to his left, and uh, Stephen A. Smith is hammering the NBA and saying it's an absolute travesty for the All Star Game, and he says that the uh, dunk contest should just be done away with as part of the entirety of the uh, All Star Weekend. He says LeBron James is directly directly responsible for ruining the slam dunk contest. Fair or foul? That's LeBron James refusing to participate was the beginning of the end. No. No. Is LeBron just doing it? That could be enough to get everybody to watch? I don't think so. No, I... Because it's not LeBron, but star two, three, four, five are in the dunk contest. Right? If that was the case, if it was, all right, all these other stars are in the dunk contest, but only LeBron's sitting out, then maybe. Then okay, but nobody else is doing nobody it either. Nobody else wants to do it either. So don't put it on LeBron. And J.J. Redick, old man after my heart, says, what can we do to start something on time in the NBA? If it says 8 o'clock, I don't want tip off at 8.42. Amen. Agreed. Agreed. Tip off when you say the game starts. It starts at eight. It starts at eight. One of my one of the favorite things that's a little little itty bitty thing favorite about baseball is when you have the starting pitcher standing there because it's seven oh nine and start time is seven ten. The umpire's right. like, nope, not yet. We're ready to go. Like start but when it says it starts. Sixty seconds. Yeah, we can go. Don't start five minutes early. High school baseball. Yeah. Exactly. Nine forty six. And uh, very quickly get to this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, just a couple today. 1887, the International Association, the first minor league baseball association, is organized in Pittsburgh. Also on this day, 1951, after a point-shaving scandal involving basketball, Long Island University drops all intercollegiate sports. The basketball team returns to play in 1957. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Wrap up Mav Day brought to you by Cutler Craft Coffee and Beer House with CMU Women's Coach.
Taylor Wagner, that's next on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. With us right now, the team line. He's the coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, Taylor Wagner. Taylor, always appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this morning. You bet. Thank you for having me. Great weekend for your basketball team. You get the sweep against uh, Colorado School of Mines and also Metro State. And uh, right now, uh, 14 and 4, uh, just behind Regis and UCCS. They're at 15 and 4 in conference play. But uh, after you went to double overtime at Golden against Colorado School of Mines previously, Wow, this was not a this was not the nail biter. That one was uh, your team went out and dominated from the jump, seventy four forty seven to get the win against the Ore Diggers. Uh, of course, they're the twentieth ranked team in the country. I know Olivia Reed seventeen points. Laura Gutierrez had fifteen points and three threes. Claire Heitschmidt continues to have a, a nice stretch of scoring the basketball here. She had thirteen points and three threes. Uh, a really good victory for your basketball team, holding Mines their lowest offensive output of the season. Yeah, we had a great week of practice, you know, leading up to that game. I felt really good about our girls and just their mindset. You know, they knew it was at stake, too. Um, you know, there's five teams with four losses right now, and, and every game just counts. And uh, they went into that game really, um, you know, just with the mindset they're not going to lose. And we really jumped on them, and, and uh, I think we kind of took their confidence away early. You also had another great performance from Mason Rowland, a couple of threes, 11 points for her. But uh, defensively, what was the message all week long that, that allowed this team to have that kind of performance on the defensive end? You said you had a really good week of practice. What were some things, some signs you saw that you expected your team to go out and have that kind of uh, effort defensively against Ashley Steffick and, and uh, Colorado School of Mines? Well, one, we talked about it. You know, I mean, we always do, but it just a little bit more emphasis of you know seasons coming to an end here and and we've, we've really got to ramp up our defense and be a little bit better and, and not give easy opportunities to teams whether that's you know giving them layups or open threes or, or fouling you know obsessively and putting them at the free throw line and that was kind of the focus going in and just make them take tough shots and and then i thought rebounding wise we were phenomenal against them and then it would have been easy for your team to have a letdown against Metro State the next night. You didn't. You went out and, and won 53-45. to 45. Olivia Reed had, had the 21 points in the game. But uh, defensively, once again, another solid effort by your basketball team to carry you through the weekend. Yeah, you know, and I, I was really pleased because, like you said, we could have let down. and The defense was constant, and, and Metro's been playing really well. They're a good team, and they're kind of hitting their stride right now. They just kind of struggled at the beginning of the year. And, and so I was I was actually really worried about that game because they usually play as pretty physical and, and get after us. So uh, I was happy to get that uh, Saturday night win against them and, and then just kind of, you know, get us leading this to this weekend and going on the road. And um, It's a tough stretch, and we've, we've really got to be tough. Our mental state's got to be locked in laser focused and and uh you know as we face the highlands team who's a lot better on the road and a pueblo team who's playing really well right now too and has a really special player our team's just got to take it to another level taylor wagner coach of the cmu women's basketball team with us on the team sports network you mentioned new mexico highlands you play there on friday and when you face them at brownson uh, Laura Gutierrez had the, the big first half. Uh, your team jumped on them and, and really put them away early on with a 70-34 to 34 victory. But uh, you're seeing some signs potentially that this Highlands team started to maybe put some, some things together and uh, always a difficult road trip when you go to Las Vegas, New Mexico. It always is, you know, and they play a lot better there. And they have some really good pieces offensively that, you know, they've got some weapons that could cause some, some issues. And it's kind of like, I remember the the first time is let's not give them any confidence and that's going to be the same message when we go and play in Friday is don't give them any confidence early on and and you know when you can kind of take that away then it makes a little bit thing things a little bit easier for us. And that loss uh, the Cowgirls had a cut of a Christian uh, Juliana Aragon sixteen points she was five of nine from the floor. 
So she continues to be, and I think we talked about her previously, Taylor, when you face New Mexico Island, she uh, continues to be the, their their go-to player when it comes to uh, scoring the basketball. She is. She, she can score from everywhere. Really good three-point shooter, uh, can get in the lane, can create her own shot, gets to the free throw line a lot. So um, we, we've got to limit her touches, and that's what I felt like we did really well the first time we played them is, uh, just making sure that we kind of hound her a little bit and make her work for everything. Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the program. And then CSU Pueblo on Saturday. Alicia Little for the second straight week named the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week as uh, the, the Thunderwolves coming off a nine-point win against Colorado Christian. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Alicia. Great player, um, great rebounder. I mean, I think she's got more blocks than her whole team put together. You know, she. She's a special player, and we've really got to keep her in check because she can impact the, the game on both sides of the floor. And 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 they're fighting. To, you know, they're I think they're in the eighth spot right now, and I think they could move up a little bit, uh, but they could also move out. So it'll be really important weekend for them as well. Yeah, she had 22 points and 16 rebounds, seven blocks in that game where you beat them uh, at Brownson, 74 to 59, uh, where Olivia Reed had the, the 20 points and eight rebounds. So when, when you look at the, the rest of CSU Pueblo, uh, Ramallah Dominguez had 10 points. Uh, Lilani Love had 14. It is kind of the case of kind of like that game, Little's going to get hers and trying to just uh, make sure nobody else goes off for a big night. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've really got to keep them in check. And uh, they're a big lineup. We, we can't give them easy buckets around the basket. Keep them off the free throw line. Um, those are going to be some of those keys that we, we just got to make sure that we keep everybody in check and, and uh, not have let anyone go off on a career night for us. Hey, Taylor, appreciate the time. Best of luck on the trip to uh, Highlands and also CSU Pueblo. All right, thanks. I right, appreciate it. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. And so just a, a quick reminder, by the way, that uh, coverage of Bat Maverick basketball this weekend uh, at Highlands Friday night and the women tip it off at 5 o'clock, so our pregame at 445. And then on Saturday, it's uh, a 4 o'clock start. It's an early start, 345 pregame for that one when uh, CSU Pueblo squares off against uh, the Mavericks over at uh, Masari Arena.